You are listening to After the Roll, a podcast about the Nerdicopia Network D&D campaign, Not Actually Heroes. You can find more Nerdicopia Network content at nerdicopia.net and catch the live broadcast over at mixer.com slash nerdicopia underscore network. Hello and welcome to After the Roll, a podcast where we discuss D&D topics and we also recap the adventures of our uh, Not Actually Heroes group of adventurers. Can't talk. Blah, blah, blah. All right, guys. Um, I am the DM and the host, I guess, Dr. Diz. Uh, we've got uh, Ignatius with us tonight. <laughs> First time appearance. Hashtag Aztat. <laughs> and uh, joining us again is uh, It's That Sly Guy. What's up, guys? And uh, Clan Diesel. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you make a bear? But that hurt me <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> it's a very emotional moment. Oh, guys, I can't tell you how many times this weekend I was asked when we're making that shirt. Yes, that is shirt number one. Um, please, please. Yeah, that'll be. I'm in talks with a graphic designer about some stuff, you know. So maybe soon. But what's up, guys? What are we, what are we uh, talking about? We want to start out with the uh, like recap of uh, what our adventures got into in, in our very first session uh, on Saturday. Um, so basically, you know, it's just like every other D&D session. Um, when you get started out, it's you have to find a way to kind of take these characters that have nothing to do with each other and kind of mash them into a group that at least has a, a common goal. Um, maybe some of them end up liking each other, some of them not so much. Um, but um, we'll jump into kind of just uh, describing uh, the characters. So uh, first off, we had um, our two Elven characters who kind of started off the whole uh, scene. Uh, Verdan, our roguish uh, Eldrin, and uh, Falorin, our ha- half-elf bard. Oh, that's me. Hey. Hi. Um, they kind of strolled into this... A uh, very fancy Samora hotel in, in the city of Japan, and uh, like we owned it, like they owned it. <laughs> uh, and, we uh, did own it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I look- for a time being, at least. Yeah. <laughs> they were looking for a uh, like a quiet place to kind of uh, discuss some of their plans. Um, they found a secluded like um, place in the hotel where they could sit down and eat. Uh, where they had high-back booths. There were a couple of individuals in the room, but they didn't pay a lot of mind to them, Uh, one of which was uh, an Aarakocra sitting in uh, one of the corner booths with her head uh, buried in a book. Uh, This would be our uh, resident druid, Aarakocra, who is um, an owl variant, uh, which is interesting, uh, Ziri, uh, which... um, uh, Ziri was on last time with us on the very first uh, after the roll, which was before the roll. Um, in chat, you could make those jokes with your voice, Wigs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, feel feel free, guys, to cut me off at any point uh, and give me your opinions on what you think of uh, the character. I was just saying she was looking for a bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> So then we had um, another guy sitting in the corner, a very large uh, human. Um, Not me. Uh, 
thought about it, Chad. It wasn't me. Had lots of food on the table and just just chowing down. And um, this ended up being our um, monk, Brevin, who uh, I would say um, was very impressive on the role play uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Hats off. Hats Uh, off to Rican. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, as as uh, the two elves kind of sit down and we're talking, um, the other two individuals were kind of trying to eavesdrop a little bit, uh, but then something drew everybody's attention. A grand entrance. Someone very important. Someone known as the Pilgrim. Gosh. As, as the door swung open on the Great Hall um, and our other players came out to, to see what was going on, uh, an Azmir uh, walked in in very elegant uh, plate. Well, it was a plate mail, but it's like half. Was, was it an Asmir or an Aztat? Uh... <laughs> There's an Asmir on the Aztat. Oh, it, it was an Asmir. <laughs> uh, I got you. I got you. So everybody just kind of dropped everything and just was paying attention to him, and the staff just ran to him. Their clothing dropped too. It was it everything. Was I mean, you were, Lauren's like, panties dropped, and y'all didn't even find out that he wore panties. Uh, it was almost like one of those 1980 uh, nerd films where, like, uh, they turn on the machine and all the clothes fly. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> um, well, anyway, as as um, everything settled back down, uh, the players kind of spent some time in the hotel, and then um, they they found out later in a meeting that they were going on a trip under the mountains to um, the orc city of Osgur on the northern side of the Samora. Um, <laughs> Screw you, Rick, and I saw that gif. That was a good one. So, um, me. once they found that out, uh, we had one more character to introduce, and he was kind of running late the following morning right before they left, uh, and that was Keltash. Our uh, uh, I don't really want to give away his race as of yet, but we'll say he's our uh, fighter uh, class in, in, in this scenario. So um, he uh, he kind of ran up late, and um, he ended up being placed as kind of like uh, the group's bodyguard, as they were all put, put into like little groups, as there were a lot of individuals heading north through the tunnels. So as, as they set out through the tunnels, um, they were well-guarded, they sent guards from Simoran army and the warforged uh, soldiers that came from uh, trailers. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, we had soldiers at the front and back, and as they were being led through the uh, the, the caverns, uh, some incident happened, and all the guards got pulled towards the rear, and, and our party got kind of isolated in one of the caverns. And as they were looking back, they saw like cave trolls swinging about and then there was uh, from all of the uh, banging about of the cave trolls uh, an avalanche occurred and they were kind of cut off from the group so um, at that point we kind of they had uh, a free moment to kind of interact with each other and what did, what did you guys think of each other like, right out of the gate <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some tension in this group yeah um <laughs> Some mental disturbance. With, with my character, it's a, and Sly's character, it's a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, Don't definitely. Way, but a little more complicated <laughs> than than that. But the, honestly, I think uh, so far that uh, my favorite character out of the gate is um, is Russ's character, the mm. the, guy, the city guard guy, because he is just a man. I love it. It's that. 1980s lethal weapon Murtaugh. I'm too old for this shit. You know, he's got like two weeks to retirement and they stuck him with us and we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Not, not so, a lot of people know his other character, Quarian, but Quarian in our other campaign is very... Is the complete opposite. Goofy. And uh, yeah, complete opposite. Yeah, yeah like, like his character That's here cool. in Not Actually Heroes is like, man, I don't want to do this. You guys are annoying. Can't we just go the frig home or something? You know, and Quarian's like, oh man, there's a big ass fire guy right there. I'm going to go poke him with my sword <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> you know, so it, it's two very, diametric opposites. Very different. That he's he's playing and, and it's it's real nice. I think, I mean, it's a it was a hard one for the longest time. Uh, I thought Pilgrim had it for me. Like Pilgrim was just so good on that intro intro coming mm-hmm. into the bar, but then you get Reekin <laughs> over here who, like, you know. Admittedly, like he he had come into this talking about never role playing, never doing this stuff, you know. And he, he comes, lied to us. He comes into it and is like playing the perfect character, and like you start to see with the ass tat and the different things, like he starts come into his own, and then like we get into battle, and all of a sudden this mofo reaches over grabs the fighter and just teleports. Teleports, yeah. And I'm like, the, the hell just happened? D- yeah, d- I mean, damn it, Bobby. Pants down. Damn it, Bobby. Is the, damn it, Bobby. Uh, what the... You just you did. Know, beginner you know, gold star player of the month. Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, he was like, I've never role played before. I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll try my best. He just went in and bam, knocked it out of the freaking park. Yeah. And I mean, even more, like we'd all tried to like calm his nerves and give him some stuff. Like me and Clandis, me, <laughs> me and Clandis went into it and was like, just be a, be a freaking professional wrestler. You've watched wrestling all your life. Be a professional. And like sell it. He was, <laughs> he was far and away a, Above and beyond even what I like I thought was going to come of those small little like I was thinking like he's gonna come out of this and be like all right brother I'm gonna hit <laughs> and I, like I thought he was gonna be a wrestler the you know? <laughs> yeah I thought he was gonna like pick a wrestler and like try to imitate him as much as possible but he what like he, he was he was reeking Wolverine as a fat giant monk. And it was hilarious. I just like that image right now. I do too. Like fat, giant monk. Like when y'all described him, I'm thinking like this dude is seven foot tall, five hundred and seventy-five pounds. So so 
I get to spend a lot of time with your characters beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, helping you kind of build them and weave them into the story. I did not picture uh, this character as a big, large dude. Well, I'm thinking monk. Like, gotta be cut. He's agile. He's, you know, and not that you can't be a large man and be agile. Again, wrestling fans like Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, like those guys can do some stuff that, like, but I just was not, because I'm picturing, like, you know, give it a few months and, like, Mario's, like, back flipping over people and, like, kicking them, kicking one dude in the jaw as he does a backflip and then kicking the dude behind him in the top of the head. And, like, I'm still picturing him doing that. I'm just picturing a 700 pound dude doing that. I'm kind of seeing uh, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I didn't even think about it being Poe, but yeah. 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 yeah the next episode, he's got to say skadoosh at least once. <laughs> skadoosh. That puts a lot of pressure on him now. Yeah. So, too. So how did it feel being part of uh, one of the first magical moments of the campaign uh, where, uh, of course, I'm talking about the ass tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) The moment. The the moment. When we we finally do release that to people, you know I'm (laughs) titling that episode. Not Actually Heroes, episode one, The Ass Tat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be. I don't know where my mind goes sometimes. <laughs> that was not scripted, but now it's focused on tattoos on assets. <laughs> it was a great moment to break the ice and loosen up some tension. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and and I feel that moment there, uh, my character. And uh, Mary Reek and Wolverines had a good bonding session, and I feel like there's going to be be some more growth with he and I's character right there, just because he's seen my ass and the tattoo. <laughs> and that's that's you know almost like we're almost brothers right there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm ex- I'm excited to have Hell. I don't want to give a lot away. Kind of like pick into Russ's character's mind a bit. I'm I'm interested to see what's there. Because I feel like my character's kind of drawn to his. This kind of like gives off this like almost depression to me. And and I'm I'm driven to that a little bit. And but he's annoyed when I talk to him because I just bring up gods or whatever, and he's like, Oh, not this guy. <laughs> I think along those lines it is an interesting because obviously like there's this whole dynamic between me and Verdan because we came into this and like uh, but there's something about the dark charisma that the Pilgrim has that, like, I feel like my character may already be somewhat, like, drawn to him. But as more things unlock and I we learn more about the character, it's hard to say at this point because we just don't know that much about. But as we as we learn more, I feel like that's a character that my, my bard's probably going to migrate to just because there is, like, this... this very dark charisma about him and his appearance in general. I mean, his face is, is scarred up uh, with ignorance to an ability, a racial feature he has when he was younger that kind of went off and he had no one to teach him how to control it. So his face is all 
scarred up and stuff. So he's not attractive looking, but people yeah. clap for him because he's the pilgrim. So, well, Verdan's interested in him because you know he's not outwardly said, "Hey, man, you're cool. Can I see your stuff?" But he is curious because you know the premise is in, in, the, in the campaign is that you know years ago there was some kind of catastrophe or cataclysm and the the gods vanished hmm. right and my character is stuck here he can't get back to the fae which is his home yet you are able to use magic that is supposedly from you know the gods or at least the, the astral plane you shouldn't be able to access the, your abilities but you do so my guy's like what the hell yes you know, if he can access his abilities, why can I not get home? Maybe so I'm he's, your... gonna, he's gonna keep an eye. <laughs> he will definitely keep an eye on you. And we're gonna have some like an ego battle, I think, every now and again. Oh, my guy is a total egomaniac. <laughs> I mean the whole intro scene. <laughs> to the point that he sent a child to bard school. <laughs> So that he could learn how to sing songs of his awesomeness <laughs> when he came back. And now that child sings songs of his awesomeness as long as he's paying attention. And the minute he turns his back, oh, maybe those songs become of, of the child. Ooh. But I'm just saying, in the first few minutes of the campaign, I prostituted you out. I prostituted you out as much as that wasn't in the first few minutes of the campaign, buddy. For for me, it was. I missed that. <laughs> you may have just given away some stuff. I didn't give away anything. I'm just saying, my guy. That was that was definitely some day zero ish right yeah, there. Uh, day zero stuff. Yeah, so for me, day one of the campaign. <laughs> but my character totally prostituted you out and didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, since it's out there, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that come Elaborate. So as you guys were going through the caves, um, you um, kind of happened across, um, as, as you were isolated, you were you happened across uh, a glowing flower in, in the cave. Mm. Uh, ended up, you know, kind of checking it out. It kind of changed colors when you touched it and stuff like that um and then you know Verdan of course took it with him uh, as, as you guys moved forward secretly um and then you kind of moved in and uh got your first uh, combat encounter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so how did you feel about that did, did did anybody know what guys you were facing no what no. what the creatures were no uh I, I, to be fair I didn't want to know I kind of told you guys beforehand that uh uh, if you guys did get into combat, that it would be uh, a creature I, had, I hadn't used before. Yeah. yeah. I think if I remember right, Chat thought that it was Drow. Yeah, we all, I mean, I they thought, thought it, was it was Drow. They looked Elvish. They had like Elvish features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely thought it was Drow. And yeah, well, Chat. Drow with light. Load, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, drow don't explode. How did you feel about the challenge of that encounter? <laughs> um, Far too difficult. It, it would have been more challenging if not for the bard. Yeah. Uh, with uh, 
what spell did you use? The uh, hideous laughter. Well, I used Bane at first to give two or two of them felled, two of the three targets felled, to give them the minus D four, and then so my concept was Stevie had gotten surrounded, and I'm a bard. I'm not running in there to help him. (laughs) Like that's fair. So like I the, have taught you well. The, my in my thought process is like Bane affects three people. Uh like let's let's hit them and then only two failed their save. So as soon as one failed one one of those failed that failed their save died, Bane was only up on one and at that point that's when the big dude moved in and you had described him as the big dude. So that, <laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, now he's surrounded and the big guy's there. So I was like, screw it. And I cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter. And that, yeah. Yeah, that helped a lot. That, oh. Oh my God. And I even said, like, because I locked eyes with the Pilgrim after I, after I cast it. Like, he locked eyes with me for a second. And I was like, um, maybe don't hit him. Like, maybe don't hit him a little bit. Like, let him, let him lay there. And then everybody just kept... So he got, like, three chances to save again every round. Because he, he saved when the Arakakra hit him. He saved when somebody else hit him. And then he saved at the end of his... And, like... But he just... You just kept rolling really bad rolls. He finally Thank saved. Thank you for that. He, right, right before he died. He, he saved yeah. and then went down, yeah. To be fair, I wouldn't have been able to hit him, even if I tried. My rolls were kind of low... <laughs> this was the second magical moment of the uh, first session uh, when we get our uh, quote of the episode. Yes, the quote that will forever be tied to not actually heroes. Go ahead, since you said it earlier. Oh, excuse me, can you make a bear? <laughs> I totally forgot what I said. That set that off. <laughs> I do too. I don't know what you said. I have to go back and re rewatch when, that. Part. When we re-release episode one in, <laughs> in HD, whatever with commentary or whatever we do, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have that'll be the time that I realize what you said. But it was so natural and so perfect. Yeah, it I'm was just like the breakout. Just like, damn. <laughs> well. <laughs> We should also talk about how I almost killed myself because I oh underestimated my, my. Well, I was going to say, as far as the <laughs> you know the encounter went, for me, I thought the encounter just for mechanically and game wise was was great. Everybody, you know, these are new characters, but uh, you know, combat really didn't slow down. It was pretty much you know player turn. I want to do this. I do this in my turn, you know, creature turn does this, you know, player, player, whatever that all went very smooth and, and fluid, mm-hmm. which was, which was good. And then also the thing I liked was that, and this is something that doesn't happen a lot. So, you know, kudos to everybody, especially, you know, like uh, Rick and Wolverine, but even during the battle, people were still role-playing. That, that was good. I enjoyed the role-playing, you know, especially uh, of course the bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the bear was the bear was great. But then you know, of you got blinded, and you were yep. playing that out, and that, that was fun. So. Yeah, you know, my character was perfectly in the middle of 
Sly's character and Rican's character and Ignatius's character were there behind me. They had a darkling in front of them and they were fighting it kind of, I call it buddy copping because <laughs> they were fighting it together, but they were still banter between the two. Mm-hmm. Kind of continuing yeah. the role play from earlier in the cave. But, you know, because Sly's character and my character, Verdan, have such a bond, like a familial bond with each other. As soon as they started attacking Sly, then I knew that my character, and he immediately went and started attacking the ones that were attacking Sly, even though he was technically closer to mm-hmm. Regan and Ignatius's characters. But, you know, he's going to protect Sly's character at any cost because they're right. that, they're just close like that. And also, he just met you guys. And then right. you know, he the foundation of trust isn't quite yeah. there. Exactly. And also, if you die, he can loot your corpse. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like the thought crossed my mind. If like somebody died, uh, you know, maybe there was. Yeah, if if you fell off the thing, my character would have totally went. Has anybody got rope? (laughs) And we all would have, except for you, because we all had a bag. How ironic would that be? Grab me a backpack. I go off the cliff, and the whole fight, I'm trying to get people to go off the cliff, and then I would go off the cliff. Yeah. But even so, the thing that got me so outside, we all know the basics of what everybody's playing, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. outside of character, we all know like uh, what everybody's playing. So we know that Russ is a like a crossbow user at heart. Yeah, yeah. So outside of that, like, so and this is what got me like in in our Saturday campaign. Um, you would never do this as Akminos, but for some reason, Akminos needed to get close to somebody. Maybe you had, like, chill touch or, you know, something where you needed to touch somebody to cast your spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would never think to grab McCall, the the archer, and teleport him up with you because he's an archer. But Rekin, playing to his character, had only ever seen Russ's character use the sword. Because Russ had only, even though Russ's character we all knew was a crossbow expert, so Rekin was like, "F it, teleport and like grabbed the crossbow art, the archer, the distance guy, and was like, "I'm gonna teleport you right up close to the big baddie," and like <laughs> brought him with it, and like, <laughs> e- like even to that extent, like the role playing inside of combat, which I think is one of the harder things to, especially for new players, which is why it was so impressive at that moment. Yeah, but. I feel like it's so easy with combat to go attack, 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 and forget that this is a role-playing game as well. Uh, So the role-playing inside of combat was probably, like, the biggest thing to me. I'm sorry. But, like, and when you're you're casting your spells, you know, as a bard, you know, that's a lot. Because you you have to role-play that out, right? And when you did your knock-knock joke... But you, oh yeah, and Clannis's character had to interact on that. That was really cool. And obviously, y'all were speaking in a different language, so I yeah. didn't understand. But I just see this this guy just drop with the laughter, and so it was like some weird banter happened. But see, that's what makes it. Well, it also goes back to uh, you know Anna's character. She plays <laughs> <laughs> but and while she was doing stuff, you know, she she flew up <laughs> above the field. But when she would do stuff. She would coo. It was perfect. And 
but and, be- and stuff. And man, chat was eating it up. They <laughs> loved that shit. I mean, it was great. The cooing but, was uh, so good. But the more than just the cooing, she under we were talking in Sylvan. Yeah. And her character understood Sylvan. So when I made the knock 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 joke and it was about an owl, <laughs> yeah. she started hoot laughing. And she came yeah. up with this and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, hats off. And that was good too. Everything fell into place, and I was really surprised by this, honestly. Everything fell into place, even though, you know, two to three of us, of any one of us, have played with each other before. Mm-hmm. But all of us have not, as a unit, have not played together ever. ever. Yeah. Right. But everything just clicked into place. There was no like awkward moments where everything just stopped. Right. It just flowed smooth from beginning to end. I mean, uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I do have to say, though, one of my favorite characters was the NPC when Ziri went out. Would you like to buy some school? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That voice is just perfect, and I want to see him just randomly appear. (laughs) I want him to be a traveling merchant that somehow just pops up in every city. Yeah, that guy, you played that guy perfect. I think Chad yes. called him, um, what did they call him? Um, I'm trying to remember. Okay, he's like, hey, yeah. Matthew I, McConaughey. Yes. All right, all right, all right. He's a drifter. <laughs> That's got to be your merchant voice, I think, for everyone. Kind of like when you're playing Skyrim, it's the same voice, really, for all the merchants. It's like, do you want to deal some damage or protect yourself? And, like, you have to have, like, like that character be there almost yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, she just goes, I need, I need some paper. She, I think we got some paper. I'm she, like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we got paper. And then the other little woman comes out and she's like, No, we got no paper. <laughs> Perfect. That yeah, was good. it. Was good. It was good. Yeah, no, that was great. I loved it. <laughs> I was uh, just looking for um, a moment to slip it in. I'm like, Does anybody want to go out? In the town and do anything? And I, I told Diz, I'm really upset I didn't go, just because I wanted to. T- I, I wanted to try to buy some drugs off that dude because you know he had it, like he had something, and I wanted it. <laughs> right, um, keep us rolling forward. Um, combat, you know, happened. Um, Could have been more challenging if you guys wouldn't have dominated the big bad. Uh, but that's fine. That's cool. Uh, always comes back around. I was going to say, next time, it's going to be worse. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys didn't get to really loot anything because these guys kind of just burst into flames. And, yeah. and uh, so wasn't much left over. Um, plus, I think you guys wanted to get out of there after you know being separated from the party. Um, so after that, you emerged. There's always time the for looting for my character. Of the, um, of the Aphili Mountains and kind of ended with uh, kind of overlooking uh, a forest uh, and down below the forest was the city of Osgur uh, off in the distance. So that's kind of what's looming ahead of you. Um, so overall, like the storyline so far, any takes on, on that or wh- where you think it's going? Or... I'm really interested to, to see because kind of what, what I get out of it is like we're, we're going to this area and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do 
some some talking there's going to be discussions and stuff and then after that like where is it supposed to go because right now we're grouped together just to go there so i'm just so curious to see see i've got a feeling about this take just go from that spot i'm interested in that just because i've played a lot of rpgs and i've read a lot of fantasy books to me this is like we the initial story to get to point B from point A to get to the orc village. The tutorial. <laughs> yeah, this is the tutorial where everybody gets together. Now, once we get there, something's going to happen. <laughs> and that's where we're kind of introduced, I think, to part one of the big story. Mm. But I think, knowing Diz, I think he'll, it'll just be a a snack size portion. Yeah. Like it may be come across as a detail that is so insignificant that we don't pick up on it. But then at the end, when we look back, we're like, that's right there is when he told us what was going on and we didn't pick it up. We overlooked it. Oh, man. Because our, uh, but just, just from experience, our other group, unless it's on a huge sign in neon lights with arrows going, this is the plot, we, we just, it goes right over us. Yeah. No. Uh, I just think like by the time that the first phase happens, that first phase being like you get out of the tutorial, you know, you, you, you're introduced to the, the plot of the story. Like mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see what the bonding moment is. Cause even when you get out of, even when you get introduced to the story, if there's no bonding moment, there's no reason for the characters to stay together. Right. Right. Yeah, I see it as the way that it is right now. There's like little groups forming. Little clicks. Like, yeah, like uh, Stevie's character and Regan's character have kind of bonded a little bit, especially now since they, he saved his life. Uh, you know, mine and your characters are already bonded, but the, you know, the owl lady is kind of curious about us because she understands what we're saying when we say it. And she, she made a role, an insight and everything on us to try to see, are we real? What are they saying? You know, in the restaurant, she rolled to try to pick up on our conversation. And it wasn't even like a, a metagame sort of thing either. Like right. it wasn't out of context to do it. Right. And I'm a you know, professor <laughs> and she's a student and my name That's is fresh out of school. Yeah. So, you know, she's already trying to figure out, well, does this guy know what he's talking about? Yeah. You know, so there's that. There's my character is interested in Stevie's character because he's got the powers that he has. And so there's a lot, you know, going on. Now, I think Russ's character will be the hardest to bring in because he's one, he was outside. He came in later than everybody else. And he just doesn't like us. He did think uh, <laughs> Regan Wolverine, though. Yeah, that's that was, true. That was a good, he like, did. like even touched him. Yeah. Like, even touched him. And I think I touched him earlier or something like that. And yeah. I was like, I have faith in you. Or the, the gods, you know, put you here for a reason or whatever. And he just kind of like. <sighs> <sighs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the big bonding moment. Yeah. So, so my yeah. thing is, like, will it be. And there's there's two ways we go with it. Like, will there be something that naturally bonds us as we as we journey here, or will there be an overwhelming call to action? That, mm. Like that's that's the two story arcs you have, right? Yeah. Uh, 
th- throughout the journey, we just naturally get together and we form these bonds, right? I, that's where I'm more leaning. Like, like does and I don't want to bet again, so I'm going to leave, not go there. <laughs> I was about to make a statement, but I don't want to like put something in somebody's mind to where they have to, they then do it in the next session, you know? Yeah. Uh, do certain characters start talking about occur- the things that have just occurred and like build those friendships together through this journey? Or is it, is it literally like, you know, we we get to the the orc thing, and all of the orcs are wiped out, and there's a red dragon like breathing fire in the village, and like now Thanks, there's a, now there's a call to action. <laughs> like, <beta> tested this. <laughs> now now there's a call to action, and it's like either we do this together or we're all screwed. Right? It could be a mix of both, though. And it could be. I'm just I'm intrigued to see like. One part of that is on the DM of like what is his story, and two part of that is on us. Like how how do our characters maneuver through that, and what that, it's just an interesting, I think, well, still couple of months of going through this bonding and getting yeah. to know each other. And I don't know, like for instance, Critical Role, uh, like season one, there were characters that at the end of the last year. We're still not great friends, right? Put up with each other. They they were just kind of associates because of the group, right? Uh, well, uh, I think building on what you said too, Sly. You know, when we do get the call to action, you know, whatever events transpire for that, and everything. How are each of our characters going to handle that? Because the name of the campaign is really good. It's not actually heroes. Our characters are not your atypical. We're, yeah, we're going to Mine go and your save character the world. could just be like. Yeah. So, you know, one, how will each character respond to that call? And two, how will that affect the relationships in the party itself when they answer like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. If, you know, someone says, this is not something I want to do, or they come up with, I'll I'll do it, but somebody better pay me. Very real possibilities. Great. You know, how, how is that going to affect the interpersonal relationship of the characters? I mean, yeah. I'm interested to see that. Yeah. And that that's that's more of what I'm... I'm just... I'm so fascinated by how the characters are going to develop. Mm-hmm. And not just individually, but as a... Like, right now, I feel like me and the Pilgrim, the Bard and the Pilgrim, are going to get along really well. And you know, potentially become good buddies based on these couple of this this one you know couple of things in this one session. But in four sessions, the bard and the pilgrim could be like at odds and like ready to kill each other at every you know waking moment. And the bard could be best friends with this bird, and like you know. So, like, that's, I'm just, there's so much that can still happen. And, you know, there will always be so much that can happen. But as we, I don't think any of us truly know our characters. No. To the point where we have the concept of this is where we're going. And as we get to know our characters better and better in in a year, in two years, however long this campaign goes. Like. Forever. The, those characters will be more set. You know, in a in a year. 
you're not going to see the bard have these as many choices because the bard's character is already set. You kind of understand if presented with these two opportunities, this is the one you're taking. Mm-hmm. Whereas right now, that, that bard's character isn't built yet. He's got the background story to guide him, but so much of figuring out who you are is in the moment. It very much is because even if you spend a lot of time sitting down and sketching your character out every last detail, I wasn't planning necessarily on the pilgrim having this huge ego, but the introduction was just perfect. I was like, I'm going to play. You're like, I have to now. I have to. And I was like, this, to, this is good. This is a part of him. <laughs> yep. He so fix this. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm like, okay. So as you play, like you were saying, your characters develop more and then you blow your own mind. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that could actually be a flaw now. Yeah. And then now that's in there. And now you have to play on that and stuff. So yeah. very much so. And I mean, we're still in the early days. So there's much more of that going in, in a couple of years when we're level 12, 13, like there will be less of that, the like discovery of character traits going on. Not that people don't change cause they do and they can, but it's less likely, you know? Yeah. Very much so. Some people may have a lot of secrets, so may take a while to get all the secrets out. So by by some people do you everybody because <laughs> I was I was present for session one. I feel like I feel like every one of you in this campaign is a serial killer yeah. ready to snap. <laughs> exactly. We're we're just one action away from being on ID Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll move on to the discussion items, I guess. Um since we talked about all of the, the recap and everything. So um the intimidation checks. Um, I do want to go with um, the variant that I think is offered that allows you strength and charisma. So you can mm. use four. So uh, because I think that uh, plays into a lot of our stronger characters sometimes. Um, also, identifying magic items. Uh, I want to put this out there. So I'm thinking that, uh, of course, magicians using the identify or if you have an identify spell or scroll. Um, you could use it uh, to identify an item. Um, you could just use it over time. And at some point when I feel like you are, you know, when, when you use it, uh, just because you don't know what it does, doesn't mean it's not going to do what it's supposed to, unless it has to be activated. Um, um, you may figure it out over time, just naturally, uh, just if you want to use it that way. Or you can make a, um, I'm thinking about an arcana history or a religion check. If, if you don't know and you want to try to sit down and really figure it out over a short rest or something like that. Um, and of course, if you're not training any of those, it would be a disadvantage role. Um, I didn't know what you guys thought about it, but kind of that. It's kind of a different type of rule variant. I actually kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it makes things a little bit harder because you can't just play into every skill. I mean, unless you're the bard, obviously, then, well... <laughs> I'm at least half proficient with everything. So he's got a little bit of tinkering skills and such, but like for myself, my character may not be able to do certain checks, maybe like survival or whatever. He's not the one to look at a flower and be able to tell you what it is, if it's poison, if it's not. And if he's going to try to, he's just going to have to kind of spit something out of his tattooed butt. And then maybe it, it goes good. Maybe it doesn't, but that's the disadvantage aspect. You know, I thought about disadvantage on like an overall 
skill set type thing. Like, mm. you, let's say you're not trained in survival, right? Mm. So if you rolled to see if you could eat a flower or not, I was thinking, well, should that be a disadvantage roll? You know, and it very well could be if I feel like you're completely out of your element. But yeah. that's why they put the numbers on those. That's why I feel like you have a plus two on survival or, you know, a plus minus three medicine, you know, <laughs> so you did or a minus three, you know, that's why. Right. So I don't feel like, you know, in certain case, most cases I will probably apply disadvantage on roles like that. Uh, I just thought this one instance possibly, um, and you know, the disadvantage may be scrapped, you know, if, if yeah. it doesn't really work out. Because I don't really see you guys really running into this problem a lot. Well, one, I have I have Identify. So, um, like, we won't run. But I so I like it because... Let's talk about Identify spell. So, let's say you have a level, like, just a very basic magic item, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, a, a, a like, a, an artifact magic item, right? Mm-hmm. Should Identify be able to identify both of those just as easy as waving your hand around? Or should there be some type of challenge to it because it's some uh I mean I have I have my personal belief on this, but I also am of the the mindset of if the DM calls it like the DM calls it. My personal belief my personal belief is uh identify is a very niche spell and I'm using one of my available spell slots to have a very niche spell. So it should do that thing whether yeah. whether it's weak or strong whether the item it's identifying is weak or strong it should identify because i'm using a spell slot that i could be using for you know it's, something it's bigger right? huh? identify it, it's instantaneous right or mm-hmm. is it ritual uh it's a ritual so, it can i think it probably can be cast instantaneous I maybe would not say possibly if you know I agree that it takes up a spell slot, so that's that's a good point. So let's say if it's a, a really rare item, you know, an artifact or a you know very rare item, uh, it may take you longer. And that you, like that I would be like hour or yeah. two hours of sitting there casting the spell, you know? Yeah, yeah. I and I'd be okay with that. My my thing with the identify, like if you're so it's like. Um, uh, Counterspell, right? Mm-hmm. What what you're kind of bringing up is like creating identify into a counterspell esque spell. Like any magical yeah. item that is under this automatically gets identified, and anything above it, you roll a dice and add. But that means like I've I've now got the spell that is on a roll of the dice, and like we could get a magic item, and I just roll a natural one, and like, well, you'll never <laughs> like you you don't know. Well, what if you meet it somewhere in the middle? Like, you know, if it's below a certain type of magic item, you can cast Identify at its normal level, and all of a sudden you know what that item is, what it does. If it was an artifact item, legendary, you know, something big, you know, that you can cast it, but you have to cast it as a higher-level spell. It yeah. uses one of your higher-level spell slots. Yeah, you could, and- or you could even go into a skills challenge type of scenario where you would have to do some type of roll-off to see if identify it uh i don't know if you guys like those type of scenarios yeah and like i said i'm i think the the ritual casting identify making it take longer for higher level i think that works really well uh makes sense uh 
I like the if you don't have the identify spell, like making a history check or something. Because like if you're making a history check to see if you know what an item is, like even at disadvantage, like making the disadvantage check makes sense because like you're no longer just thinking about the broad strokes of history. You're like, yeah. do I recognize this one sword that would have been used by some dude? history potentially maybe right. like that i saw in a book 10 years ago yeah i just kind of like to add elements to the game that kind of not to frustrate people but to just add a little extra challenge if somebody wants to you know play the game that way yeah you know? and i mean it wouldn't frustrate like if you made any any of these rules would not frustrate me mm. it's just it's the like the way my mind works on it is like if i have the identify spell like Right. The big thing it changes is whether you want to take the identify spell yeah. any longer. Yeah, it's you know, like, is it worth it for me to take identify a spell knowing that it's got these restrictions versus yeah. taking a different spell that I can use right. in that in that would, slot? Would would it taking longer to cast it on higher level magic items? Yeah, no, that would be fine. Okay. Like, no, like the longer but, time for the higher level magic items is fine because I just think in a story sense and role play sense, you're not really going to sit there detect magic or identify while you're in a place where yeah. an enemy can come at you. You're going to do it once the encounter is over and you guys are like at camp or something. And, and here's my, here's my, here's the best argument I can think of for the dice rolling. Right. So counterspell. If you tell me that you threw a fireball at me, right. Mm-hmm. As a spellcaster, I kind of have a concept of whether a giant ball of fire flying through the air is going to do a lot of damage or a little bit of damage, and I can modify that. If you throw a sword in front of me, like, I can't modify what what other I think that sword is really, 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 really fucking nice, so I should cast it at a ninth level spell, you know? (laughs) Or if it's just really, really nice, so I can cast it at a second level spell. Like, that's the difference, like... I, like yeah. counterspell, I can I can be like, oh shit, that's a bigger like he he shot a firebolt at me like ah, counterspell, fuck you, it's a cantrip. <laughs> oh, there's a giant ball of fire that's twenty feet by twenty. Okay, well that's probably gonna take something. But whereas like I have this sword that's a plus one sword, and I have this sword. That's a plus three magic fire sword that, given the right magic word, enables its user to fly and develop a magic shield. And, and like, and when you put I them in front the of, sword. when you put them in front yeah. of the character, like they're both still just swords. Like, there's no way to be like, I cast it at a fifth level spell because I'm just pulling it out of my ass. You know, like that and that's my thing is like how do we distinguish that to where there's some sort of nod to the character that maybe you should ha- cast it at a higher level spell cuz like counterspell there's nods right you have a little bit of a nod that's like hey maybe it should be a little bit higher than just the normal spell or or take your risk so uh speaking on counterspell um we'll talk about it later okay. well I'm changing my class guys uh I've already yeah. built into. Um, I actually have had a discussion about counterspell with you know a couple of different people, and I, I just have some. Um, I like to bring out these things and discuss them. And I've not built my entire build around the spell counterspell. Is you cannot take it away from me. My <laughs> entire why, bard is built for that one spell. That's why we have this forum, so we can talk about it, and we don't have to. It's not set in stone, uh, so. 
uh, we just kind of get ideals of, you know, if we think it would be cool if it was like this, you know. So if you're okay, if you guys are cool with identify, um, I think with it just taking longer and being able to do the checks if you don't have it, uh, of course, the checks would probably be more challenging if you're trying to identify an artifact or something. Yeah. I mean, so. if it's if it's like a super rare legendary gold item, like you got to roll a natural twenty at disadvantage because you aren't proficient in history. Like yeah. I get that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it would be at the player's risk because uh, you could misidentify it. Yeah. Um, you could roll really good and think, "Oh, I've got this one. It's uh, a really cool weapon," and then all of a sudden, it's a folding it's boat. A- yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's cool. Um, Clandis got a folding boat in our last campaign. Folding boat. It's a yep. boat that folds up into. That's dope. <laughs> Pocket size. Yep, I got a boat, man. <clears throat> but in, I gave you another boat. I don't think you gave me a boat. I just. I had the deed. They asked me who the captain was, and I said you. I gave you a boat. We'll agree to disagree. I'm also the one that killed the man that originally owned the boat. So want a boat? Mine. I gave it to you. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> hmm. uh, so any any uh, topics you guys want to talk about uh, in the way of rules or something like that? I mean, I. I'd like to know maybe what my character found with a certain detect magic spell. So, um, Can the we... way detect magic is going to work. So when you, you cast it, um, it's going to kind of uh, work almost like as it's just described, uh, you know, by the spell. Um, as you cast it, it kind of, I think it's about a 30 foot radius around mm-hmm. you. You kind of just, you, you get kind of pings from items around you uh, and as, as as it goes on for like a minute or so um, you you kind of hone in on certain items and they kind of have an aura around them and from those auras um, will probably be you probably see them as different colors or something like that mm-hmm. and by seeing those different colors you can tell what school of magic that they are but that's about all you can do uh, yeah but I want to give you that list private so that you can do with it what you think your character would do with it. Because there are some items people may or may not have. I have a question. That they may not want everybody to know. So, Quentin? I have a question. Uh, In this campaign, we're doing something a little different. Instead of it being experience-based, we are doing milestones. So, have you decided whether or not we have reached our first milestone. Yes. Uh, so at reaching um, the other side of the Philly Mountains, that was the, the first milestone. So you guys will be level three coming into the next session. Excellent. I have 29 hit points. <laughs> so everyone, update your character sheets and send them to Dr. Diaz. Yay! <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, that was that was my question. I didn't know if you decided what the milestones are yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least the first one. Um, 
there are a few points in the overall story arc where um, there are uh, milestones I have marked, but mm. not, not every one of them as of yet. Um, and but I kind of give you guys a, a brief overview of how your character will progress. You uh, said that there were world milestones that we would all achieve at the same time. Yeah. And then there were like three individual milestones. So three individual milestones? So there'll be 17 of your levels. Well, I can't say 17 because you get level one, right? So, uh, and you guys reached a milestone with your day zero stuff. So uh, 15, right, of the mm-hmm. remaining milestones uh, are story points. Uh, mm-hmm. The other three are personal milestones. Mm-hmm. So you can choose or choose not to complete them. Um, you, you'll just, you'll never reach maximum level if you don't. Um, but you, you have to figure out what those are. I've worked with you on the backstories, everything like that. So it's, it's somewhere in the mixture of the backstory and, and the, the, the plot that will unfold. So you have to be watching for clues and stuff so that you can grab onto those and try to figure out what they are. And, oh. I like that. That's gonna be cool. I, I yeah, yeah, I really enjoy. Now that you also have to gives pay attention us, to the story. That also oh, gives us the ability like to, this. at some point, like the pilgrim could be like two levels higher than everybody else. Yep, it's so a very real possibility. Milestone, personal milestones early on, and others uh, will be pushed towards the end. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. So, some of them personal milestones you won't be able to do by yourself. You'll, you'll need help so you have to convince the other two even when you figure out what it is you may not have the means to do it or you know you may need the support to do it and so you have to convince people this adds a whole like fourth layer of, yeah. of like toughness into the campaign itself like that just really brings in a lot more story stuff because now we're all going to be like looking for is this is this is this it You're looking at how do i go for it <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, Rick and Wolverine, uh, I, I'm going to need you to come help me with something. You scratch my back, I'll, uh, I'll get you some food. Come on, let's go this way. Right. <laughs> sort of thing. And, you'll scratch my back, I make you a burger. I'll, I'll make you a burger. I think I can cook. I don't know, actually. <laughs> Never yeah. thought about I'll it. put ham and pineapple on it. And, and making things challenging i have like this this terrible i don't know if it's a curse but when it comes to video games i like to take the hardest difficulty oh my gosh as long as it's not you know like a permanent death mode sort of thing but when it comes to like healing i love the idea of med kits and magic so you don't like just natural heal after a long rest you have to spend med kits and and roll dice and that heals your character up so it forces us to spend money on other things that we wouldn't really spend money on. It's like, ah, we don't need med kits. That's just kind of trash item, right? We can get, we're just going to heal up anyways after a long rest. So we're always like, ooh, long rest, long rest. That's what we're looking for. But med kits, you can use them. I think through like short rests or whatever, that's your like hit die right there. So yeah, I kind of like that idea. Not saying we have to implement that because that that's one of those like, I don't know, that could make things way too difficult if combat's way heavy. What and if we did it for so just spitballing? Mm-hmm. What if long rests still healed you, but since you're only allowed one long rest a day, be able to use a hit die during a short rest, you had to be able to use a med kit as well. That's pretty good. 
I like, kind of like, like a nice that. like like balance point. Like long rest, you're still getting your long rest. You're still recu- recuperating all of your hit points and everything. But mm-hmm. short rest, every hit die you're going to use is a med kit. Got to because a med kit, like think about a med kit, it would be like a tourniquet, right? Like the yeah. band aid you're putting on. So like for each, you know, oh I'm down twenty hit points, so I'm going to use four hit dice well you better have four med kits in your inventory or mm-hmm. go borrow one from somebody uh, some gauze uh some uh, yeah. and a bottle yeah. of make it even harder somebody has to roll survival to try to heal you fully no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. that's too hard it's too hard roll a natural one. Oh, you're dead uh oh, although i just thought of something beginning of every session i have you guys roll just a uh, generalized uh, fate check to see if you just randomly die <laughs> it's like oregon trail you get dysentery <laughs> uh, what is that? <laughs> see, um i like i like to uh kind of focus on a lot of like really really small insignificant details because like in some of my other campaigns i focused i wanted to do like where they had to repair their armor and stuff like that Mm. well um you know that's fine if it fits into the scenario but it ended up just dragging out role playing and stuff like that it just wasn't interesting nobody was having fun with it uh it's just like when you have to purchase arrows uh if you watch critical role (laughs) that the question came up is how did laura have so many arrows and they were like well you know before the start of the campaign they had purchased like 800 arrows or something like that and put them in the bag of holding and she just kept getting them out as she needed them uh, but you know i almost like the zelda concept on that where if you played the old zelda games where when you shoot an arrow it would use up a rupee so you know uh, mm. Mm. yep yeah I, but it does it does add interesting points when you get into a dungeon and you're a, a bow driven character and you run out of arrows and you're having to scavenge you know. Yeah, I use my bow for my, all of my attacks. Yeah. So, uh, I do like the concept of like you know, uh, to expedite the situation. If there's not, there's not something else you're going to it for. Like I know that they did have some stuff in Critical Role, and other places have these same th- AI. All of those like have it where they know. And the DM and the players both know that whenever you hit a city to subtract, you know, right. subtract three gold. Every city you go to, subtract three gold. The and, shopping and episodes it, can be fun, but if you're doing it all the time for mundane objects. like Well, yeah, I'm so shopping good. episodes for something that's, you know, important or that you're real, you know, are fun. But like, so they do like a subtract three gold and it refills your knapsack like all of your your uh meals you know your your arrow like anything like that you would have like it refills that and they figure you know three gold every city you come to sometimes you're going to come to a city and not need any of it but you spend that three gold because sometimes you're going to come to a city and it should have cost you six gold yeah you know Mm -hmm. so it's another thing that's a possibility of like for those things that you would need on the regular basis, just, you know. Yeah. But, you know, anybody who's played D&D with me so knows I'm not afraid of shopping. If we use the med kits or what we'll say just healing type of supplies, 
when you even like if you were camping out in the wild right and you took a long rest and it which would refill some of your short rests right mm. it wouldn't refill they wouldn't refill till you got to a city and could replenish them well so the long rest would refill your hit dice but so Correct. you you would have the you would you would have the hit dice available to be used you yeah. just wouldn't have any way to activate it yeah because right. you don't have the med pack if you're running out. Point of having them at that point. <laughs> exactly. It kind of breaks the whole point of Yeah. So um basically you would be uh you would be uh, just purchasing your short rest hit die yeah. when you go to the town or run across the healer. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. No and sounds like um I, I think we probably want to bring it up to the entire group on that one. And... For sure. See yeah, later. probably. That, that'd be a big mechanic change. And then let everybody know if we're going to run with that uh, so they can be watching for it and see, you know, in case they want to use it too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, though. I did med kits. It makes me think of Halo for some reason. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you always beep, look beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I miss Halo. You're wearing a Halo shirt. Mm-hmm. We all should play Halo. You've got Halo. I've got a good game for you to play. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a game variant inside of Halo. Uh, Gosh, ooh, can't remember what it's called now. Uh, Hammer Time or something like that. It's first ball. Really, <laughs> it really warps your perception of Halo. Oh, it was like in um, like in Reach. I think I started it. I made a map where it's filled full of teleporters. <laughs> And they're all set to the same channel, so it randomly <laughs> you between them, and the speed is turned up to maximum, and all you have is a gravity hammer. So you try to swing one of those at maximum speed, you end up going. That sounds like fun. <laughs> like a like a Titan skating on PC right now. Mm-hmm. You so uh, we've had no questions from chat, so. Uh... So summoning banshees, uh, Rican. I know you're in chat. Do you, you were you were part of the campaign. Do you have any questions? Have any questions you want to ask? Is yeah, if Chance got any questions at all? Now would be a good time to ask them. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're in our wrapping up. What is the next, is the encounter? next encounter? Good question. Everybody stare at Diz as we, as if you were not a player, Ella. <laughs> As a viewer, uh, you would expect to see uh, a lot of blood and mayhem and probably some spells flying back and forth. Um, uh, y- y'all want to play a fun game? Y'all want to play a fun game? Uh-huh. Oh, we could have tiger- tigers. What? There could be tigers. Tigers would be fun. What major thing did I unlock at level three? Or college! Yeah, but I unlocked something because of my bard at college. Uh, wisp, well, the, but, the, the, the. Careless whispers. No, not dissonant whispers. Uh, I was saying careless whispers. Cutting that's, words, guys. That's the one. Cutting words. You get to make fun of people. You get to make fun of people and make them. Give us one. Give us one. Yes, everybody will be level. Yes, three. everybody yes, will be level three. We'll be level three. Uh, that awesome. is a good question, though. When is the next episode of Not Actually Heroes? So we are looking at probably. Um, I know when I thought the next episode would be. When did you think it would be? Not this Friday, but next Friday. 
because that would have been the month. That would be one yep. month, yes. Yep. So um, as long as I have everything to a point where I think it is polished and ready to go, I think that is the day. Because that's the day I was thinking as well. So okay. Tentatively the 1st of February, but be sure to uh, check the Nerdacopia Twitter, Facebook, and all of ours for if anything changes. Also, if you're in here right now, you should. I'm like typing on my controller, guys. That's weird. I know. It's so weird. I hate it, but it's a thing that sometimes you have to do. Uh, Rat Pony, we started our uh, D&D campaign. It's uh, open. Jan- it is open. Uh, January 4th. Uh, the first episode happened. Um, there's only been one episode so far. And it was glorious. It was good. Um, right here on Mixer. Right, yep, right here on Mixer, right here on this channel. Uh, occasionally co-streamed with my channel if there's some sort of issues going on and we need both channels to be able to run all the things we need yeah yeah uh, sometimes that happens but you you've not missed a lot you missed the introduction but uh soon we'll have the first episode up as a vod so you'll be able to watch that and get caught up yep um we're gonna try to cycle those vods coming up soon to where they'll just play during the day, kind of nonstop on the Nerdicopia channel. Yeah, we uh, even trying to do like a recap. Little uh, have uh, one of our players or something. Uh, last time, I'm not actually heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely stay tuned to the Nerdicopia Network channel. Uh, that Discord more. right there is a great place to be as well. It is. We're fun and exciting, and awesome people. I don't know. About- we do lots of things as a group. Uh, um, these two guys here, uh, Sly and Clan Diesel. I'm Sly. They, they do a, uh, a wrestling podcast. Uh, uh, when is that, actually, guys? When is when is what? Your wrestling. Mondays. Yes, Mondays, as soon as Sly recovers from PAX. Uh, we would have done it this Monday, except for... I had nothing set up because I was recovering from PAX. Got I, I was recovering from PAX. By recovering, we mean driving home from PAX. I was assuming you were either dead because everybody I talked to said they went home and slept for fourteen hours, or you had PAX box. I so didn't have I the lu- I didn't yeah, have the luxury of going home and sleeping for fourteen hours because I got home and was like, "Hey, by the way, we're moving all these desks around. Go put this one in your room," and then. Had to work the next morning. (laughs) And then had to work the next morning. So, my boss, who may or may Uh, not be in the lower left-hand corner of the screen right now, uh, (laughs) Clan couldn't even point the right direction. (laughs) Well, for me, he's in a different spot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Rat Pony, you can't... Right now, you cannot join the campaign. At, later on in the future, we are going to have guests join in with us yep. for special one-off we would like episodes. Some of our viewers, like people that enjoy watching, um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, but now this show after the roll, which is basically a talk show, like I said, about each episode of Not Actually Heroes, is fully interactive. If you want to be a part of it, jump in chat, talk. Yep. 
if you have a question and you can ask it here, you can send a tweet to at Nerdacopia net with the hashtag after the roll. You can ask it in discord in our after the roll channel. There's, yep. there's all sorts of way to stay connected to the community. Facebook. Uh, and there's, there's everywhere. all sorts of way. If you, <laughs> if you want to be involved, uh, there's all sorts of ways to be involved. We're looking to build out new wrestlers of, that are viewers for the wrestling show. We're we're looking to you know potentially do some boss battles at times with viewers and get viewers not just in chat but in the game in voice with us playing. Yep. Uh, so there's there's all sorts of ways. We like to be super interactive, uh, but the first way to do it. Uh, is to make sure you're following the channel and get plugged into all those social media networks so you know when and where we're doing those things. Right. Be sure you drop a follow on the channel. Yeah. Uh, and it's so weird having the two D&D worlds collide. I'm with Diz and Clan, <laughs> and I'm with Wigs. That's just... We should do a session right now, just us four. <laughs> Let's get to level four before everybody else. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Got right. It well. Does anyone else have any collusion? Other collusion. One hundred percent collusion. <laughs> no, we're just trying to make sure that the better characters remain the better characters. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, right? You know, shots <laughs> fired. You heard it here first. Shots fired. Well, I think that uh, group chemistry, that cohesion is going to fall apart now. Uh, not for the three of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. And we, inside of us, we got a tank in the in the paladin. We got a, a DPS in the rogue. And we got a healer in the bard. We're fine. <laughs> we can pick them out if we have to. Just stand behind me for a second. Uh, have have we thought, Diz, this is a good question. Have we thought about doing Battle Royals with uh, mm. the the campaign characters? Like between the campaigns? No, like, <laughs> like Us me, right Clan, Wigs, Reekin, <laughs> Anna, Reekin and Russ, all... Just thrown on a map, every man for themselves. Final man standing wins. Uh, gonna win. Huh? <laughs> I do enjoy those. Uh, I've, I've done some of those in the past. You have. Uh, were you involved? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I do enjoy. I was those. also involved in a gauntlet where every member of the campaign tried to kill me back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, that happened too. Um, <laughs> I played in. Uh, <laughs> Stevie DM a couple of times, so uh, he kind of had this mysterious shadowy figure that appeared, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Kind of had a similar type of character, but Ooh. he kind of just grabbed the players and pulled them into his own reality, and uh, where in this reality you could kill each other and there was no consequences, um, but he uh, commanded them to battle for his amusement. Sounds like a grisat to me. Yeah, so I, I enjoy like doing like a kind of uh, that's my oddball stuff um, that doesn't really affect the campaign. And when the characters come back, they have no memory yeah. of it. Like that, so that'd be fun. I, Although I would like we that. would all know 
that y'all got beat by a bard that doesn't even just have use an a attack bow. spell. <laughs> I'd be okay with that though. Yeah, I, I usually like to do those on like uh, certain points in time, like every five or so levels. Uh, weird stuff may happen. So. <laughs> Forward. <laughs> and I will obviously 1v1 freaking did bring up uh, the boss battle stuff we used to do something called boss battle and uh, we do it every not every Wednesday night but every, we did it every other Wednesday night um, where yeah. we basically you could roll up any type of character you wanted and I would tell you what level the encounter was You would have, that would be the only thing you know and it was just like bam you're there here's a dragon or here is a demon yeah. What we want to call it, play fights? Yeah, I was about to say, Nerdicopia uh, play yeah, fights coming soon. Fights. Yeah. To a Friday near you, potentially? Maybe just keep it on the... And that's, I feel like that's a good way to interact with the community, too, because you could really bring somebody in, and they mm-hmm. could yeah. go crazy, you know, whatever they wanted. <laughs> and it wouldn't destroy the campaign or something like that. Right. Yeah, that That's one of the that, things we're looking, looking at. The other thing is, like, we talked about play fights, guys. Uh, you potentially will be able to pick what we play in those play fights. So stay tuned for that. That those are all things that are coming in the works. We have a lot, uh, a lot of things in the works at Nerdicopia Network. We have to have a meeting of the executive board. <laughs> uh, literally, just when we get off this call, the executive board is here, uh, and plus one. <laughs> you get a secretary. Play fights, yeah. Play fights. Want me fluff your pillow? Room service. Oh, I need to find out where this information came from. But I heard from a source that if you drink black coffee, just straight black coffee, and that's all you really like to drink with coffee, you could be a psychopath. Uh oh. Maybe that explains a lot. By the way, Wiggs only drinks coffee all day, every day, and he drinks it straight black. He likes his coffee the same way he likes his man. <laughs> straight so black. If you are. Black. Tall Duncan. Oh. Hot liquid. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Oh, so, about that. Um... Oh, see, good that I kept this eighteen plus. <laughs> Thank the Lord, we're at eighteen plus. Um, that's all we'll ever stream at for the Nerdicopia Network, yeah. though. <laughs> we can't do everybody. we can't do teen streams. Uh, it's, it's my fault. <laughs> anything you wanted to say? That's all I got. Show for the next session. All right. Well, I'm just gonna yeah. stop it right there. <laughs> Experience some more uh, awesomeness. So. Wigs. All right, everybody. Playing? Anything? Looking for the Looking forward to the next quote. So. I, I have something. I don't know if this will work because I don't think I'm a mod in here. Uh, somebody, you can be. Somebody, shout out real quick. One of our mods, shout out Wignatius. Right there. Good. We we don't have a shout out command. Gotcha. We don't. Either way, right there, guys. That name. You see him on the screen. Uh, bottom left hand corner he's your newest mixer streamer guys he's Yay. he's getting ready to start streaming so go follow that channel he's gonna have some stuff for us too right uh, 
you talked about some stuff that you wanted Forge. oh yeah he's he's got some stuff he's in the works to do nerdicopia content as well uh but he's gonna start streaming on his own channel uh so we want to build him up as much as possible as well so go follow him obviously follow clan diesel and it's that sly guy uh you can follow Dr. Diz if you want, but this is basically Dr. Diz's channel. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> follow him on Twitter for all all of your DM memes. Uh, he doesn't know it, but I just set him up as the DM meme Twitter channel, so he's going to have to start posting those. Ooh. A lot of them. I'm not bada bing, bada boom. But with that, guys, uh, love all y'all. Come back. Monday for some Nerdicopia Championship Wrestling. Gonna drop an elbow. We gotta see if we can get Stevie in on that one day. Uh, He's throwing a leg and smacking him uh, in. And then come back, not this week, but next week on Friday for some Not Actually Heroes. Uh, And stay nerdy.